This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Lost Light Season 2, Lost and Furious. Welcome to Lost Light Pod. Um, I'm Jim. Uh, joining me as always is Caleb, and uh, 80% chance that if you clicked play on this podcast, it's because you saw in the title, uh, we've got special guest, Jonesy Loves Beer, joining us. Special guest and transmetal JLB on the last slide. <laughs> I won't let you falter from your Transformers origins, and I will be here all night to slip in some Transformers references for the for the crowd. Just for the laughs, folks. That's what the people expect from you. Yeah, we needed someone to hold us accountable, and we, we knew who to call. Legend. <laughs> uh, pod, podcasting legend. Um, yeah, so, so uh, Caleb and I, uh, we know the legend of the Jonesy Loves Beer. And we know that, you know, you are the number one best-selling uh, guest on Dune Pod. Yeah. Um, but c- can you give us just a little, a little taste? What's uh, the elevator pitch for JLB? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. All right. So uh, I've <laughs> never had to qualify myself on a podcast before. So this Explain is actually kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> I uh, so there is this podcaster of a uh, nion legend uh, named Slim. He did Nerdcast. He did uh, the defunct comics book podcast. He did Paper Keg, which is probably where most of you folks know me from. And uh, now he's a very popular host of the effervescent 70 millimeter, part of your tape deck uh, family, mm-hmm. which I am not a part of, but I admire greatly. <laughs> no, not And a part uh, of. I'm enjoying my semi-retirement as I just guest on podcasts now and again. Uh, I did troll the universe by saying I will be the next permanent host of Doom Pod, but it has not yet stuck. Well, I mean, you got to put it out there. If if you don't believe, then nobody's going to believe. Dress for so. the job you want, yeah. Caleb. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Play the part, and then you know the part will find you. Yeah. If I put good energy into the Dune universe, hopefully the energy will return. Yeah, I mean, we've uh... not a fan of the book, by the way. So there's the stumbling block, the <laughs> yeah, first that's, stumbling block of Dune. <laughs> that's the strike against you. <laughs> Who can say? Yeah, so well, we wanted to have you on the on the pod for a while. You know, Caleb. Yes. Caleb is our uh, guest uh, booking agent, um, and he managed he managed to get his hooks in. Yeah, I followed the trail of broken promises for about thirty <laughs> episodes <laughs> of Lost Light. Until finally I agreed to do Hobbs and Shaw just to get on. So, yeah. I mean, you can't just give it away. You got you to gotta make them work for it a little bit. So, I mean, you dangle it out there enough and then, but yeah, we're finally, we're glad to finally have you on. This has been long in the works. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to be shown how to actually uh, synopsize an episode. This man is yeah. a legend when it comes Came to, to the wrong place. No, no way. Are you immediately, Caleb, uh, forcing the uh, synopsis duties on the Jonesy here? I mean, I was going to offer. He doesn't have to. He, he, uh, I've Jim, heard I've been offer. executive produced by by Better <laughs> over the last 12 years. Yeah. So you just let me know when you're ready for the synopsis for Hobbs and Shaw, and it'll come out like a, like a guy who only uses traditional Samoa weapons. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> no, um, like that. you know, we're, we're into the Fast and the Furious um, franchise. We're deep. We're taking off into this, uh, the spinoff. Um, you know, Jonesy, to, to put you, um, put you under the spotlight again, I'm curious, uh, to hear a little bit about your, if you've got a history with the franchise, I think Caleb's always had the best story of the, the summer he and his cousin, yeah. you know, hung out with the DVDs and just like that, that was, he lived. Yeah. We Tokyo drifted all over <laughs> North Georgia. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully you were you have at least seen all the movies up to this point. We weren't just throwing you in the deep end. Um, well, I mean, I, I guess I'm a tad older than you two because I saw the first film in theaters at uh, Warrington Crossing 22. Shout out Warrington, Pennsylvania, uh, <laughs> as no one ever has before. Uh, I went to see it with uh, an ex-girlfriend and a couple of friends. Maybe one of them might have been on the Paper Cake show later in life. Hmm. And I think like everybody, I must have driven 100 miles per hour out of the parking lot <laughs> after seeing the movie. Uh, at the time, I had a, a 1967 Ford Mustang. Oh, the Mustang. Uh, that, that was, uh, you know, oh, slightly modded, not by me, but a you great were, You car. were Dom Toretto leaving that parking lot then. I mean, you never had me. Yeah, Caleb. exactly. <laughs> never had your car. <clears throat> so I uh, I think I scared the living uh, daylights out of my date that night, and I drove like, you know, <laughs> 10,000 miles or whatever it felt like. But after that, I was hooked. I, I remember being, like, at the time when I saw the second film, super disappointed in theaters yeah. uh, because... You know, there was no Dom, mm. who mm-hmm. you know, I come to love. You know, I, he was not my friend; he was my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I skipped Tokyo Drift in the theaters, but I really liked it on HBO so much that I think I saw it like three times when it was on the premiere weekend. And after that, it was back to the theaters for, you know, the what is it? Fast Five, Fate mm-hmm. of the Furious. Is that is that six? I can never get their titles right. But Hobbs and Shaw, I also didn't see in theaters, only because at the time I just couldn't get there, but I wanted to, because at the time I was uh, slobbering at the altar of the rock, and I, my opinion yeah. on him mm-hmm. had not yet shifted. Uh, you know, I, I loved him ever since the WWE-financed remake of um, Walking Tall. I really liked him in that film. I've been following him ever since. So uh, when I got... To this movie, I was pretty excited because I love the transporter. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this uh, this indifferent love affair with the Rock at this point, so I thought, how can this movie go wrong? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm here to uh, should I just segue right into the synopsis of the movie? I mean, you're showing us how it's done right now. Don't you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like I took over your show, and Protolexus is going to have something to tweet about it. You know, and uh, I'm just going to wait. <laughs> Until you point me out. I, I w- I'll be fine with Proto. Like, just t- tweeting about the show. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying, just trying to drum up some social media buzz yeah, for you there. Yeah. So you, you go right on ahead, man. Hashtag love you, Proto. Don't. Hey, no, um, I mean, we, we like to go uh, just kind of hit that, uh, hit that synopsis. Um, and then from there. Uh, it's you know whatever strikes our fancy, whatever tickles our uh, tickles our, our ivories or something. Yeah, yeah. fancy's better. Fancy's a better. Yeah, tickles our fancy. I just had. I just. I just flashed to for some reason, 
gym at a grand piano <laughs> with like that tux that has the circular cut instead of like a normal collar. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But like in cartoons, the cummerbund would have flapped up mm-hmm. at a roll. I don't know why I immediately it's like a big picture bib. that. Uh, exactly, yeah. like a bib tuxedo. Yeah. And that's why I'm here to pull bibtuxedos.com. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, anyhow, so Hobbs and Shaw, uh, from what I recall, was the, the, the actual impetus for the split between Vin and The Rock. You know, The Rock at the time was called Franchise Viagra to, yeah. uh, to reinvigorate this fledgling Fast and Furious flagging, fledgling, flagging. I'm going to go with flagging franchise. Yeah. And um, so this movie was kind of the spinoff that they thought was going to be a second franchise. So we have a lot of setup in this film. Uh, but really, the movie tries to humanize and heroize Deckard Shaw. And uh, Luke Hobbs, our favorite uh, DSS tracker, and uh, Deckard Shaw, the guy we uh, we love to hate for killing. Uh, what the hell's that guy's name? Han. Yeah, the Han. I don't know. I don't, they want to get it wrong. No. So they're together, and they are pissed. Hmm. You know, there is a secret virus. So you know, I mean. This movie, you know, let's give it high marks for predicting the future. Uh, but there is a a developed virus that is going to ravage the whole world. People will die from the inside out. And the only people they can think of to stop this is Lou Cobbs and Deckard Shaw. Um, and the only person that has the virus happens to be Deckard Shaw's young... MI6 agent of a sister and they mm-hmm. must go through a tango and cash esque romp around the world as they discover not only the power of Idris Elba's black bodysuit mm. but the power of the true love between them as they see what really makes them Hobbs and Shaw Wow. Okay. I need to take a drink. Of this is incredible. You should take a drink. You deserve it. Whatever's in that red cup. <laughs> that was incredible. I'm you, back. Um, you made that movie, that movie beautiful. As only I can. Yeah. <coughs> All right. So where do we want to start, Jim? I mean, I think uh, I want to start um, uh, apologizing for what I idiot i was at the end of um fate uh when i had thought that hobbs and shaw was going to be hobbs and shaw fighting each other i thought it was going to be a hobbs versus shaw movie no them Uh. teaming up uh, makes a lot more sense and you know we just have to continue to sort of retcon uh, everything that deckard shaw has done into some sort of a uh, it was a trick. He was trying to do the opposite. He feels bad. Yeah, it kind of gave us the, the they've been hint, hinting at it for the last couple of films, but that he was um, 
maybe not what he was portrayed to be, not as bad. He, there was reasons for him going rogue or whatever, and they kind of gave us the answer with this. They gave it. It was it was kind of interesting that they gave us basically like two backstories. The first half mm-hmm. of the film was all like Shaw's backstory and, and his sister and his relationship with uh, Idris Elba, and then um, the Rock's backstory was like the back half. Uh, kind of interesting how they how they did that. I uh, I particularly liked the fact that we really got Deckard Shaw's prowess uh, to a degree, which I didn't think we got in the previous films because I feel like he was saved for more as like a, a final boss fight scenario. Yeah. yeah. But uh, to see, I mean, for people who don't know uh, and who get on Jason Statham, he really is a world-class martial artist. I mean, he is, I, I believe at probably this point, a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. You know, he's exceptionally skilled. If you, if you don't know what he's about, go watch The Transporter, which is a superior Jason Statham film. One and two, I thought were great. Mm-hmm. But we really got to see just how good of a stunt coordinator is. I mean, I don't know if you know, he studied a little bit of the foot of Jet Li. Really? He did a war with him, and uh, they remained close ever since that film. So I think there's a little bit of a Hong Kong formula in him that uh, I think he brings to his martial arts performances uh especially this movie and ladder so i, I really mm-hmm. appreciated kind of seeing it here um but i i i think for everything beautiful we got from jason statham's physical performance we got probably the most one-off ugliest performances from the rock physically in this movie i mean you throw a rock you can't find a scene where vanessa kirby isn't choking the rock out with her legs or some kind of flying arm bar that she's always catching the rock in mm-hmm. and he just puts his hand up i don't know if they were intentionally trying to give the rock superpowers in this movie but you know not that's not to say you know i'm so sorry that fast and furious i'm not trying to claim they've been grounded until now that's not what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but I did feel that they, I, I, I guess Hobbs did break a cast off in the last movie and heal his arm with the power of family and love. Yeah. Um, but I just thought they took it to the next level of not, of just being like powerful because the story demands for them to be so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jim and I had a long conversation about a, in a previous film, him, taking a grenade basically and being thrown out of a window and then healing himself uh, through family later in the film. And then he did, he took it to the next level. He just jumped out of like a skyscraper and just jumped from person to person on the way down. And he still crashed with great (laughs) force at the end and walked away from it. He felt, he also fell off a, he held a, um, a helicopter in place. He didn't take the super soldier serum. Yes, yeah, Steve we, Rogers did that, but yeah. he also had, you know, Eskrin <laughs> super soldier serum. Exactly. And the same thing with uh, with the elevator. But he also needed the assist of the vibranium shield of Captain America to, to cushion that blow. The Rock just needs the power of love. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the power of, of family. Um, he, he also fell off of a cliff, or um, they, they both fell down a cliff with a helicopter um, yeah, landed pretty hard at the bottom. Well, there was uh, a pool. There was water there, yeah. so it was <laughs> right. fine. 
Yeah, was that pool 150 feet deep <laughs> to be able to cushion the blow of that helicopter? You know, American Samoa uh, has uh, some interesting um, <laughs> natural uh, <laughs> geographic... Um, so, yes, it was 150 feet deep. Uh, um, Jim's grasping at that logic <laughs> was somehow even more succinct than the logic grasped in this movie. <laughs> Jim's been angling for a, a writer's job on, uh, he's, he's been band-aiding over a lot of stuff lately. He's, he's some, the writers of the fast and furious films have something on Jim or he's, <laughs> he's in line for a job on the next one because he's, well, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the, uh, you know, F, uh, F 10 FX, uh, whatever they're calling it. You know, still man. In if production. they call it FX and there's no Mick Jagger, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go see. It. <laughs> I saw one where it was fast. It was like F A S, and then the T was capitalized and T E N. So like, fasten your seatbelt, but fast uh, ten. And I don't know how I felt right. about it. I was kind of like, let's turn off the mics. That's we're done. Let's uh, <laughs> let's close up shop here. <laughs> I mean, this is supposed to be the last one, so sure, um, sure. It wasn't Fast Four, which I believe was uh, uh, New Moves Original Parts, was the tagline for that movie. You sure they don't have a Fast Eleven, like something queued up, some some you know some punched up line? They're ready. Well, would you count the the Hobbs and Shaw two? Would that count as? I don't think they're ever going to make that movie. I I, I guarantee. Uh, you know what? Jonesy Math, write it down. Someone put it on a calendar. They are never making Hobbs and Shaw 2. Not going to happen. I mean, I, I can agree with that because The Rock is a busy dude. How does he make any movies? Because he's in like every movie, you know? Yeah. He, he's, he, he's booked up on every. You want to talk about. Yeah, he, he's the franchise fixer or whatever Jonesy called them earlier. I mean. For the record, objection. Franchise Viagra. Franchise Viagra. <laughs> Sorry, I've been, even better. I've been a lot. I've been watching a lot of the Depp Heard trial, so I've been objecting and sustaining a lot of stuff around the house lately, okay. much to everybody's chagrin. So be prepared for that for the rest of the show. Perfect. And we'll have the court reporter read that back just a second. Yeah, that that'll be a big hit with our lawyer audience. Um, <laughs> the big demographic <laughs> of false light fans. Are, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hattie Shaw was a delight. Oh, uh, yeah. Why? Why is Vanessa Kirby not in every movie made since this came out? I I don't remember seeing her in anything. I looked her up, and she's in the Mission Impossible movies. Okay, she's um, in Fallout. Is she not? I think she's in Fallout, and uh, I think she's in the one after, and I think she's going to continue to be. Is what it seems. Um, yeah, she plays Max's daughter. Does she remember Max from the original? Mission Impossible, the arms dealer. Uh, I mean, she's a delight in this movie, Caleb. I can't help but agree. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought she was great. I mean, she. I guess she didn't have to be Shaw's sister, but I mean, it worked out for the story. I guess that's why Shaw needed to be involved. I mean, because Hobbs is the is they they call him the best tracker in the planet. And okay, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he retired the last movie, but whatever. Um, but I guess that's why, you know, you need to bring Shaw in because he's got a family connection. You think that's how he can get close to this woman that's supposed to be on the run. Uh, I mean, I guess that's the logic to bring him in. But, yeah, she was she was great. 
Yeah, I think you make uh, you make it the sister as well. Then you remove the um, the as much of that sort of romantic tension um, that we've been seeing in the previous uh, Fast and Furious movies, where everybody's fighting over uh, somebody. Um, but now we we've just got yeah we've just got Hattie, and whether Hattie uh, likes the Rock or not uh, is kind of you know, that that's more of the the point of interest. I think all three of us can agree, though, that there we've never seen a couple with lesser chemistry <laughs> than The Rock and uh, Vanessa Kirby on screen. No, she I was mean, trying. She was trying. She was trying. Heart, but, um, yeah. I mean, The Rock was as wooden as the wood paneling in an old bar. I mean, he just was not having it. It was a forced situation. He, he was at his best just talking shit to, to Shaw. Uh, in the movie, oh. I, I enjoyed their their kind of banner back and forth. I liked the the cameos with uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, and Kevin Hart, like the Rock's boys. I guess just got got roles in the movie. Everybody on the seven bucks payroll yeah. got a cameo in this movie. Uh, is that how that happened? Because yeah, this uh, this was really a seven bucks movie. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched a full seven bucks movie, but it was like. Yeah, this is this is not a Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. This is Seven, <laughs> yeah, seven Bucks, Bucks presents. Oh yeah, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Hobbs and Shaw, and then in parentheses at the bottom, uh, a Fast and the Furious franchise spinoff. But could could anyone else hear the writers' room when each scene happened, or was I having like a semi stroke? While watching this movie, like I feel like every scene was a pitch that people either agreed or disagreed on. Like yeah. story wise, it was like, okay, now out of nowhere, we have Idris Elba. We have to cover every angle of Id- Idris. Why is there a black suit? Okay, now we got to cut to that. Like it was all, I feel like none of this movie was done in camera and all of it was done like on somebody's stoned LSD trip somewhere where they were just making storyboards up and they were just shot storyboard storyboard for storyboard. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I think there was like a good, per, a good writer. They were like, well, okay, so the bad guys, they're going to be, we're going to go, we're going to dive into Shaw's past. We're going to set up who set mm-hmm. Shaw up this. We've got this company out there or whatever, this, this shadow organization. And then we got the one guy. Well, what if we've got a Superman on the team? What if he's yeah. super powered? And they're what like, what if, what? you know, what's not going to flop the Terminator movie that's going to come out in a year <laughs> from now. That's not going to flop at all. So we need our version <laughs> of the black Terminator. Yeah. And somebody's like, don't forget. We had that license with Ducati motorcycles. Maybe we can get some kind of automated Ducati motorcycles to be their main transportation. And they're like, yeah, you know, it's also going to be big Tesla and self-driving cars. Let's get the motorcycles to be self-driving. And then, you know, somewhere a beer snaps in the back because they're all celebrating what a great idea. Yeah. They just had. <laughs> yeah. And the original guy's like, well, hey, wait, I mean, we didn't really need to do all that. We could have just, you know, told this story. But they're like, no, yeah, it's already done. They're like, what if uh, The Last Castle meets uh, Goldeneye? We could make that movie grounded, close to life. And everybody <laughs> just pisses on that dream. And they're like, let's get Roman Reigns in and have him uh, play a, a pretty... <laughs> pretty substantial part in the film let's see how many wrestling moves we can throw in 
because it's The Rock and Roman Reigns, you know. But but don't forget, it is a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. So they have to chase something somewhere. Yeah. So we have to do around cars, yeah. vehicles. Yeah. So that I, I agree with you. There was there was a, a voice of reason, and then it, it just got away from him or her in that room. They they lost the moment. I want to say not every writer's room I think revolves around people being stoned. I just think that's probably <laughs> how I see it. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. You're you're the writer, actually. You you. I mean, who can say? Who I mean, can say I'm not stoned writing the next <laughs> Fast and Furious movie right now? Yeah. I, you know, part of a lot of it felt to me like it's almost just like uh, the Rock. Uh, really, was kind of signing off on what he wanted in the movie that he was going to be in. Um, it was like, oh yeah. yeah, there was some there was some kind of Dwayne Johnson writer that was in full effect this entire mm-hmm. movie, like. If people had muscles, he had to have bigger muscles. If there was a character of greater authority, he had to beat them in stature. I mean, you know, if uh, Idris Elba was going to drive a motorcycle, he had to drive a better motorcycle. Like, it, there was some <laughs> kind of Dwayne Johnson contract that was also the third pillar of this movie. Yeah, Hobshaw and Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jason Satham just wanted to keep the wardrobe I felt the entire time because he was in a new $12,000 Brooks Brothers suit or Tom Ford suit. Every time there was a scene change, he was in a new, uh, new suit or nude suit. I mean, that's what I prefer. Uh, and I guarantee he kept that wardrobe at the end of this film. Oh, yeah. I mean, he looked, he looked great. Yeah. The, the rock, <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost like he just did this movie just to spite Vin Diesel. Like I'm I'm gonna make a movie in your your franchise and it's gonna make a whole bunch of money, just as much money as any of your movies make. You know, just just because of whatever happened between them two. The the muscle feud between those two. Um Yeah, I, uh Shaw um Statham Statham did great, uh but you're right, The Rock was definitely the the anchor dragging this down. And I like The Rock's films. I like the rundown. The rundown was so no, good. The rundown was great. I built you a town. Why yeah, are we, we fighting? Yeah. <laughs> God, we got Christopher walking on tonight too. It's, <laughs> he it's, just walked by. Yeah, I just had to flag him, and he came in and did that. You know, he knew the line I wanted right away. He heard us talking about the rundown. Yeah. So, we got anything else? Any other? I, I mean, for me, the uh, the screen time that uh, Hawaii uh, or American Samoa. By way of Hawaii, got, um, I, I, I thought that that was a great representation of that. It wasn't too, it wasn't too over the top. It was still pretty accurate, and you could tell that it was like the sort of thing that uh, the Rock was had definitely signed off on. And like yeah. this is this is like pretty close to real life. Um, we do have sort of these island cars uh, that just kind of hang out, and you can just drag them around wherever. Um, you know, you've got the, the this other family sort of led by uh, mom who's going to, who threatens everybody with just a, a flip-flop. A flip-flop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, his, the, the actor that plays his brother, Clifton Col- uh, Cliff Collins or Cliff um, Curtis, he's been in mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, man. He, he's, he's really good. Yeah, I, I liked a lot of the stuff on the island, the kind of back to basics, and they got to go and and you know uh, fortify up to get ready for the for the siege. Uh, I, I liked it 
it was pretty pretty well. And uh, I mean, they set it up earlier with the um, daughter wanting to know about his family, and he kind of mm-hmm. brushed her off. So, well, there's also a moment in this third act where you could tell the movie was written in reverse, and that's what they're like. So I feel like The Rock was well. I'm not doing this unless we show traditional uh, Samoan weapons and uh, we do our traditional garb. Yeah. And I really want American Samoa to to get back to us because I want everyone to be exposed to that. So we're gonna have to make it so nobody has guns because nobody can use guns against us when we use these weapons. So someone's like, "Shit! All right, what are we gonna do? All right, we're gonna make it so that we have special guns that need special key tags." And then somebody who's in the tech will figure out how to turn those off so the climax of the movie can happen. Yeah. Like there was definitely that was written backwards through time when they were in the writer's room for this one. Yeah. They, they definitely like had to get around just, well, why don't they just shoot each other? Because these, these people have no problem shooting each other. We're not like we're dealing with, you know, no, Spider Man. At, no, at no time there's any moral quandary whether someone's going to get shot in this film. No, Satham bashes, bashes a bunch of people in the head with a um, sledgehammer at one point in this film, um, and we were rooting him on. I mean, we were happy to have, have that happen. Um, yeah, see, uh, Jonesy, that's that's why it's good to have this uh, sort of a professional writer on because yeah, I hadn't I hadn't thought disclaimer about that. I've never professionally written anything just just so people don't <laughs> dress for the job. Having, Having right. someone with a professional writer in their um, job description. I definitely drink for the job I want if you would consider me a writer. <laughs> because, go. yeah, that, uh, it just, it just goes back to almost like the, uh, well, like the, the first fight scene with, with Hattie where they really are in your, up in your grill with the, the fact that the gun activates because of a glove and like it's a whole thing. Yeah, uh, I, I really appreciate that The Rock had to come out in the traditional, you know, Samoan garb. But when he has to run and get on the truck, he ditches that garb and then has to take time to put the shirt on while he's mm-hmm. on the back of that truck. And ha- they had Nos in that truck, and he was just hanging on the back of the winch. That Nos would have thrown him off into that helicopter. Like, <sighs> you can't think yeah. about this film too much. You can't start thinking about it. Because <laughs> once you go really down can't. the road... <laughs> I, I mean, I can I can only imagine the chain weighs two or three times the body weight of either of those fellas, right? So, so are you trying to chain. tell me that either of them can bench press the other times five? Uh, again, the Rock can best best left unsaid. I mean, the, the Rock could just uh, you look like you could pick up a building. Or whatever she says to him at the uh, the beginning of the film. I mean, if you want to talk about physics and, and everything, those cars all lock together <coughs> with, uh-huh. like, chains and winches. And then they all of a sudden just magically unlocked themselves because they had to they, – they all needed to disperse to go around this one <laughs> obstacle. But they, they were t- – <laughs> What happened to the winches and the, and the, you know, the eye bolts and everything that were, were holding all this together? Uh, this is why we get a mechanic yeah. on the show. <laughs> you can't, yeah. <laughs> so there was uh, there was one car that had a a retractable tow hook. You're right. The the, the lead car got away clean, but the rest of them were tethered together uh, and yeah, just magically uh, unhooked themselves. I didn't understand how this helicopter was so uh, just like basically impervious for so long. Like they had that chain. 
that chain was probably two feet away from hitting the rotors on a helicopter. And if they had just gone for the rotor instead of trying to uh, lasso the, <laughs> the what was, support, what was their plan? like that, you could have brought that. That helicopter was done. But yeah, I they, guess Hattie was on the helicopter, so you couldn't just the the offense the offensive against that helicopter was definitely lacking. Like they had the defensive, they were going to just hold it in place, but they had no way to get it down. Really, it just kind of—I mean, just so happened that a car blew up into it, and that's what finally brought it down. Um, thank God for the grip on that on that lead tire on that lead car, though the the grip on the front tires because mm. it all depended on that, and uh, it had enough. So <laughs> <laughs> it had just enough to to pull all those cars and that helicopter back on. Yeah, I mean, because there was the, the, the guy who was like in the uh, what is it, the second to the front car where we got our fat joke. Um, yeah. Oh, we need more weight. weight. Here, comes, here comes our fat guy. Yeah, All here right, comes the cool. bigger guy. Um, I also loved how these two highly trained, like the best tracker in the world, this decorated military man, and it took him until the end of this to be like, man, we should work together. We outnumber this guy. Yeah. <laughs> we, should, we should both go at him. Like, what? That's the number one rule of, like, you outnumber your opponent. You know, both of you attack at the same time. But didn't come, didn't it come off as, like, like the light bulb went off? And he's like, oh, shit, there are two of us? There have been two <laughs> yeah. of this this whole time? Yeah. The name of the movie has an ampersand in it. Yeah. It's only about two things. You know what? If he's hitting you... Instead of me not doing anything, I'll just do something this time, you know? I'll punch him instead of me watching. Is that the only genuine life of the whole movie is when they finally figure out they're two people versus one person? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that wasn't even their plan. Their plan was, uh, no. you get hit, and then yeah. I will hit him, and then I'll get, get her, hit. Get her, Ray. That was the plan. Get her. Yeah. It really Yeah, It was like the most... They didn't understand the concept completely. They were just like, okay, you get punched, I'll punch. Instead of just, you run up and just grab a hold of him, and then I'll go to town on him for as long as I can. You know? Uh, <laughs> now, I'm going to strategically throw my face into his fist. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do have one other genuine life written down. The only time I chuckled in this movie was when the, the one-off mad scientist character that provides them with the, the gun code. So he was shoehorned in at the last minute, let it be known. Uh, you know, they said, you know, what do we do? She's got the virus in the palm of her hand. And he's like, well, we should probably just burn the body. <laughs> just kill her and burn the body, and that, that'll take care of the whole movie. And then they're like, well, you know, they're all they're like, what's, what's the other thing? He's like, well, we also happen to have a device where it'll just take it out. And they're like, why wasn't that the first thing you said? And even though that's like a, I feel like a really hackney joke of movies now, it, I did genuinely chuckle when they told it. Yeah. I thought it was incredible how they, this, this device that's going to extract this virus from this woman, they ha it's broken. They have to take it to the best mechanic they know, right? And he, he gets it working. But yeah. that thing is indestructible after he gets it working. She falls out of an, a, a helicopter, crashes in with a helicopter, and that thing is not <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no longer. I mean, all it did was no take problem. a bump in a in the passenger seat of a car, and it was <laughs> unworking. But this guy, this guy had vibranium, I guess. Yeah. All right. Ne next note, which I I found this is very upsetting to me. 
It was so upsetting I had to make a note of it. Why is the Mick Jagger the only time in the movie where it freeze frames and puts a title card mid-movie and it doesn't happen, like it doesn't source that as a thing that's going to happen and it never repeats that as a thing the movie does ever again? It's literally, I feel like, a script note. This is what we need to reference so we can pull off the Mick Jagger later line later on in the film. And they put like, I mean, it was, I can't even finish my sentence. I'm so <laughs> mad that this even happened in the movie. I thought in the earlier scene when he, he was visiting his mom in the prison, she talked about some other thing they used to do. And it, it did like a flashback when they were kids. It was called not the Mick Jagger. But, but the was... Mick Jagger didn't, but the name of it didn't flash on the screen or that I stroke out. And that actually happened. I thought it did. I thought it said Keith Moon or something. We're going to need to cut this all out of the show so I don't (laughs) sound like a total buffoon. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I've got uh, my most important note here, Jonesy, is uh, that Hattie, a single woman uh, living alone, owns a four-slice toaster. Hmm. Maybe, you know, Jim, it's the the mid to late 20-teens. Yeah. Who's to say she doesn't entertain, you know, multiple guests. They like their toast done on one side, as the Brits do. So, you know, they need a four-slice toaster, so the toast is only done perfectly on one side. Although I don't think that's even achieved by a toaster, so that can't <laughs> hold up. <laughs> I mean, she has two brothers. She she could entertain family and, and, and stuff. I mean, men friends. Potentially. Women friends. Maybe she Army needs friends? a lot of carbohydrates in her diet, and she prefers four slices of toast at the same time and they don't get cold <laughs> she she makes her breakfast and her lunch at the same time i mean i know i know from can she the... enjoy a blt without somebody judging her <laughs> she can't eat two sandwiches jim <laughs> she's only allowed to are eat you one. body shaming vanessa yes. kirby because right. of the amount of toast she eats per day <laughs> I mean, I know, what if it's gluten-free bread? Does that help your scenario now? <laughs> I mean, the Fast and Furious writers took the time to notice the four-slice toaster, but the other stuff they let go uh, by. Yeah. Nice try, Jim, but we, we <laughs> weren't having that, that one. one past us. No, not at all. Um, I, I mean, is there any more we can talk talk about this movie? We could talk about other stuff while well, we've got Jonesy. I mean, um, but is there any more we, we've got to say about Hobbs and Shaw? I don't. I mean, no. Um, I I, I struggle long. with why this movie works so hard to set up a sequel. Uh, when the yeah, movie yeah. already it's already done the hard work of clearing Deckard Shaw's name, at least in the eyes of his family, right? Mm-hmm. Because they find the climax. Oh, he didn't really kill his MI six team. This this evil corporation, this Spectre like organization, uh, set him up. And uh, we healed the wounds of Luke Hobbs and his family. Like, they've done all the heavy lifting. So, you know, what is Hobson Shaw 2? So, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, it's not a movie I'm hungry for. No. Um, I mean, they set up the, the who's behind this shadowy organization. I, for some reason, was, was thinking it was going to be uh, Mr. Nobody. They had mentioned him earlier in the film. He, he was the, um, he's Kurt Russell. He's a like a shadow CIA shadow ops guy from the couple previous mm-hmm. movies, but for some reason I thought it was going to be him, 
uh, or maybe the um, cyber, I thought Charlize. Cyber. Yeah, Cyber. Um, Charlize yeah. Theron's character. But uh, we did, we got no hint as to who it who it is, other than he's somebody from Hobbs's past. So I guess we don't know them. It's another brother. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they <laughs> the did drop in some name like oh, uh, you don't recognize me, do you, uh, Hobbs? Yeah. And uh, then he's like, well, now you're on our radar. And I was like, all right, Hobbs and Shaw too. Let's go. Never gonna happen. Uh, yeah. Did they? That. Again, that feels like that sort of the rocks uh, meddling in this film. Be like, yeah, we need to make sure that uh, that there is some sort of appetite for a sequel. You know, we're gonna really push this uh, lock character on people hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, push the that that will that Etienne is uh, continuing to be a threat. Uh, but then they got super lazy, and it was just like, but. But what? 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 Uh, a virus? Another virus? Oh, yeah. Okay. Another yeah, virus. Yeah. That's fine. We'll just we'll fix it in post. Maybe we'll come up with something better. But like, yeah. For now, it's another virus. They they let Ryan Reynolds riff as the uh, <laughs> the coda to this movie. Now they're stuck with virus number two. Yeah, I kind of t- I took that as just him, just Ryan Reynolds being funny. You know, I mean, but. I mean, if if the next movie is just an uh, the opposite virus, instead of it cooking your insides, it just cooks your outsides. I mean, these guys are just phoning it in. That's the rock. That was what that was the rock's note. Well, what if we had yeah. a virus that did the opposite? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a little piece uh, that um, so when Locke had that printout, right? That it was like. Here's a printout that has information about the virus, right? He shows it on screen for like a second. Um, I paused it, okay, so that of I could course read. You you I sweet could read this doc because I'm a serious uh, movie uh, viewer. Yeah. Um, half of it uh, was a dialogue for the movie that was coming up in later scenes, um, <laughs> which is interesting. Clearly, it was not intended to be on screen as long as it was. Um, uh, there was a more interesting. Just hold part. up, anything, Ryan? Come on, we got to move to our next mark. <laughs> more interesting was that this uh, magical virus. Uh, the reason that it was so dangerous was that it could target people and kill very specific people. So, like, you want to get rid of the Irish? You you tell this virus. Oh to kill God. only the Irish. <laughs> did did the writers of this movie write No Time to Die? <laughs> the final Craig James... Because that's the premise of the final James Bond movie. That, oh, my God. Maybe, I, what a world we live in. And that movie was terrible. And I'm a <laughs> lifelong James Bond fan. And I'm here to tell you here, folks, don't even see it. Don't even waste your $7. My word. We, we had bucks. talked about doing maybe the, the Daniel Craig bonds we, we weren't we weren't we aren't going to do all of the bonds we don't have that kind of stamina but um we, no. we talked about maybe doing the daniel craigs but you'll have to have me on because i think casino real and uh quantum of solace are the best f- four hour james bond movie when you put them together together rather ever made really because i love skyfall like skyfall is probably my, my favorite bond yeah. film yeah i love how they get back to connery by the end of skyfall yeah you know, as much as I love Dame Judi Dench and I will sing her praises as as M, 
Uh, I did love her send off, and then we yeah. get Sir Miles Messervy, who was the M from the original books, as M by the end of the movie. And I love I, how they sourced Money Penny. I didn't read Naomi the books. Harris is great. So I I didn't know like it, it kind of those characters kind of caught me by surprise at the end of it. I, I when when we when we got there, I was like, oh, okay. But you might have seen it coming throughout the whole film. You knew who that character was, and he was supposed well, to be him. I I knew as soon as they introduced him as Sir Miles, I I knew I was like, oh man, is are they mm. doing M is like a they're just you know it's just like a deep take for the fans of the books, or are they going to give us him as M? So. At the end, when he's on the top of um, the MI6 headquarters, and he walks in, and and pretty much you find out Naomi Harris is Money Penny, but the door has the leather on it from the Connery errors. I'm like, that's gonna be Ray Fiennes behind there as Sir Miles Messer V or whatever they called him in the movie. It was Sir Miles something else, but and then when they walk, I knew exactly it was right back to Doctor No. Yeah, like that whole set. I mean, I, I really blew my mind. Me too. Uh, and they kind of allude to it the whole movie when he gets the gadgets in Skyfall. It's only the PPK. Well, that's Doctor No. You know, he trades his baby Beretta for the tech of the time, which is the Walter PPK. So they were they were breadcrumbs the whole movie. That if you you know were really fans of those Connery films, kind of click into place pretty yeah. quickly. I mean, are we just doing this? this right now like you just have you're having me on right now we're just doing that uh james bond special you'd already planned we're just starting right now and we're just gonna uh, yeah we're just gonna edit this uh you know splice it in uh spread it out a little bit yeah and, we're gonna get like four yeah. episodes out of this man we we're... <laughs> like, we we could do four episodes just on the cinematography of skyfall which i thought was amazing it's beautiful yeah if, if we decide to go that i also thought looking up um what what is what is the actress that plays hattie shaw Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby. Looking her up and seeing that she did the Mission Impossibles. I haven't watched all of those. I've mm. only watched till you about You haven't three. watched the Mission Impossibles? Yeah, I've only watched... I, I didn't watch three until, like, last year, the year before, even. So, that's something that I, I, I thought to run by Jim, but... You guys could do all the Jack Ryan movies too. Those are some good Ooh, movies. The Clear Present ones. Danger, Patriot Games. Patriot Games was was my Some of All Fears was actually pretty good. The Hunt for Red October. As long as we're in this this realm, uh, let me let me rein us in a little bit. Let's no, get to... Jim. We can't be produced, Jim. Hey, hey, we cannot be produced. I'm going to uh, rein this in because we've got an email. Uh, from our one listener who, who sends us emails. Uh, previous episode, uh, we requested that he give us suggestions. Oh yeah. This was a transformer uh, fan Jonesy. So this is yeah. prime time for you to work. Okay, in some I'm, of your... Listen. Yeah. All right. Um, hi guys. Uh, thanks for giving me a shout out on the podcast. Here are some ideas I've got for your next journey. Okay. All the star Wars movies, all the Jurassic park and world movies, all That's the Terminator thought. movies. Mm. If you wanted a really long trip, you could do the MCU from Iron Man to end game. Or just all the Avengers movies. Again, thanks for reading my emails out on the podcast. And keep up the good work, Joe. P.S. For the love of God, don't do all the Transformer movies. Because they are so bad. Trust me. D-O-N-T. Robot emoji. uh, Camera emoji equals bad. 
Yeah, bad movie. <laughs> thanks, Joe. Joe. Thank you for your truth, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Joe, <laughs> for letting the Transformer podcast know you hate the Transformer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe, I don't think we're going to do the MCU because um, – Jim and I have both watched all those, almost all of those movies. We, we were comic book fans um, long before we started yeah. the podcast, so we've we've greatly discussed all of those movies amongst ourselves a lot. So probably won't do those. Uh, the Jurassic Park's one to think about. I didn't think about that as like a franchise, but there is quite a few movies. Yeah, there's a whole situation over there. Yeah, Star Wars is probably falls along the lines of uh, the MCU. Joe, we've discussed Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> Talked it to death. Yeah. And uh, 70 millimeters done a fair number of um, like the, the Star Wars adjacent uh, films. So, yeah, I'm a, um, I'm, you know, we, we definitely don't want to re- retread. Uh, I don't want to have to face the, the tape deck Illuminati. That's <laughs> no, what they're trying waves. to say, Joe. We're barely you know, holding that, on over there to our spot. So we can't. We can't afford. I mean, I'm circling them like a shark in the waters. I'm ready to take a bite out of Tape Deck Illuminati. Yeah, Jonesy's been. Sometimes, sometimes I have uh, one of those thought vision boards with just uh, silhouettes where I tried to guess who was on that board of Tape Deck directors. I thought Jim was on there at a time, but I mean, we're not telling you who the board is, Jonesy. I mean, yeah. Yeah, right on air. It's like, like cowards. I mean, it's like ET on there. The the board yeah, of we don't tape even deck know. is it's just a it's a talking uh, digital. You voice. modulate H's voice so yeah. much that I don't know who's on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we appreciate it, Jonesy. You got any any? What, what uh, should we talk, tackle some uh, kung fu movies? Is that? I mean, I, man, oh, oh, you could do. <laughs> The Yip Mom movies, one through four, mm-hmm. which are incredible. Uh, if you're interested in doing Statham movies, there's The One, which is a, a, mm. a love. I love there's The One. Uh, the Transporter, I think there's three or four films there now. Um, and there's so many great Kung Fu franchises. They just announced Kung Fu Hustle 2, which yes. is a 14-year delay in production. I saw that, the first one in the theaters, and loved it. Uh man, there's this. There's a lot of of meat there you can do. Tear some in. Who knows? Who's to say? Maybe you know. Maybe I'll guest on another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how what the numbers come back for this. And um, yeah. we'll dismal, see. I bet. I think people are. I think I'm overexposed in the uh, the guest uh, host uh, roundtable. I hadn't thought about the transporter as a potential avenue there. I. I guess I didn't even realize that there were four uh, movies. It kind of felt like it three. turned into a car commercial at, at one point, didn't I it? I think it just for BMW M5s. <laughs> Very <laughs> specific commercial. I remember there was like a series, like a one season on Fox or something, Transporter I, series. What, I thought it was USA. Was one maybe, of the guys from maybe. Suits in it, maybe? <laughs> very very well could Or maybe he just wore a suit. I, <laughs> I, mean, I can't, I can't yeah, recall. I mean, it could have just been in a suit. I mean, <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe just came on between suits and silk stockings, so I just assumed some <laughs> some actor crossover. Yeah, maybe it was on a channel that was near USA while yeah. suits was on and you maybe I was suits just living maybe I was just living in USA at the time that this came out. Or you're just like, Man, I really wish I was watching suits right now instead yeah. of this movie. The, the suits rewatch nobody <laughs> yeah. asked for. Suits. 
Oh, my word. Um, how, did yeah. I get, how did I shoehorn suits? No Transformer <laughs> references, as I promised at the top of the show, but somehow we got to <laughs> some deep suits talk. Yeah. Gabriel mocked, call me. <laughs> yep. That's uh, Gabriel Mock starred in suits, Jim, if you didn't know. Okay. That. Yeah. I, I did not. Yeah. I was not a suits aficionado. I, f- I feel like we gave Jim enough context. He should have got it, but yeah. He still looked perplexed. So. I, <laughs> uh, man. I yeah. appreciate it. This is. This and who was is... also great in suits? Gina Torres, powerhouse actress mm. in that show. Yeah. I liked, um, what was it, Deborah? Was that the uh, re- the receptionist? Um, oh, Donna was Donna. the character's name, but I can't remember the actor's name. She was one of my favorites too. Yeah, I think I fell off like season five when Meghan, Meghan Markle got I, married in season too. five or six. I was like, meh. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped caring about it. They made five seasons of that. <laughs> like seven, they made, like almost eight. Yeah, yeah, maybe eight or nine. I, yeah, yeah I, I'm pulling this out of my out of my suit hole. It definitely lasted a few <laughs> seasons after. I mean, yeah, this is the Suits podcast. Yeah, we got really? another one out of this. This Who is knew? another one we got. We got uh, James Bond. We got Suits. James Bond wears great suits. Yeah. I mean, Very did little. Did this all come from uh, the, the early uh, Jason Statham talk about how he was keeping his suit? They really kind of right. got. I, I can see how it grew out of that. Okay. Yeah. I was I was in the comic book shot this week. Uh, I had to get Amazing Spider-Man number, Spider-Man number one. And then I didn't realize that Stan Sakai... Uh, come check me out on my show uh, that will never occur called Just Some Sakai You Know, where I re- <laughs> personally awesome review all the Usagi Ujimbo comics. He's writing monthly again. Usagi Monthly again is out. Yeah, I think it's been really? going on for um, like a year or two now. Uh, I think there's only four issues out. I mean, I got maybe, all four maybe, while I was there. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe it was earlier this year I read that. Well, it could, it could already be in its second phase, but yeah, I mean... Uh, I've been a huge Usagi fan for years. We used did it for the defunct Paper Cake show, which really got my interest going. So it was nice to see those. My son got Spider-Man comics, and he was pretty, pretty jazzed about the whole thing. He was a big fan of No Way Home. So oh. now he want now he wants to watch the Toby movies and the Garfield movies, and he's high on Spidey. Yeah. So um, you're saying we need to do Spider-Man movies and have your son on. I mean, he'll probably be a better guest than I am, <laughs> much less snarky. And yeah. we'll definitely stay on script. I mean, probably no suits reference coming from uh Yeah. From from Jack. <laughs> no no Gabriel mock shout out. Man. <laughs> um so comics, we watched The Batman uh not too long ago and that like reawakened my love for comics. Oh yeah. Jim Jim and I were in the same city with with friends and we went to a comic shop around then. And uh, so I've, I've been reading a little bit, um, trying to catch back up on a little bit of the X-Men stuff. Um, I, I stayed on for the Hickman stuff when he, when he first started, but um, definitely have a b- bunch to catch up on. So I've been reading. And, and I picked up some Batman stuff. Nice. Is What's Batman doing right now? Is he is it Bruce Wayne right now? Yes. Uh, spoilers. Yeah. Um, Alfred, Alfred died a few years a year ago or so, so it's still kind of it, yeah, okay. it's still kind of um, did, like dealing with some of that and, <coughs> and stuff. But there was a series when we were at the comic shop right after watching the Batman. Mm-hmm. It's called Dark Knights of Steel. It's kind of like think Injustice, uh, like alternate, alternate oh, cool. reality, but it's set like Superman crash lands in like it's like medieval times, and he crash lands, and he the the Waynes are the ones that like find him, and they're like the monarchs of the land. And he, so he's, he's, yeah, he's raised, uh, well, actually 
both his parents are on the shuttle too. And so like his parents, Jor-El and um, his mom, I, I don't know her name. Uh, mom L. Yeah. Mom L. <laughs> <laughs> and the Waynes like grow up as like friends and they raise Bruce and um, yeah. And it, it's really like a lot of the, it's just a reimagining of the DCU, but it was that, that caught my eye and it was really cool. I mean, if you like D and D and, um, comic books. I mean, it's remind right me of sixteen oh two, which I really love. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It's very really similar, kind of uh, <coughs> even more medieval than that, you know. But um, really good. It's like it's like a twelve issue mini. So, but and it's like six issues Ooh, out okay. right now. Yeah. So, remember in sixteen oh two where the church had a secret weapon and it turned out to be Thor. Yeah, and they couldn't reveal it because they thought it would blow the minds of everybody who was a Catholic back yeah, in the it'd be 1600s. like blasphemous. Not to totally derail your Batman talk, because that does sound interesting. I'm gonna have to go back and, and watch it, or uh, read it rather. Yeah, it's uh, Tom, Tom Taylor. He's he's the one that wrote like Injustice. He's mm-hmm. he's he's good. Which is huge right now, Injustice and Injustice Two. And yeah, I mean, I'm hoping this is gonna be the next one because it's really good. There's a lot of I, I I think I had like three issues, and I, I had I even made Jim read them. I was like, these are these are really good. You should read these. <laughs> Uh, made everybody. Are we in the house about to them. make Lost Light into a, a just a roundtable comic book podcast? Am I the third <laughs> permanent host of Lost Light right now? Jonesy, Ooh. Jonesy, don't you tempt us. Listen, I'm trying to get. I, I got a H going on, you know. <laughs> you got bidding more. <laughs> I'm on the third. I'm the third host uh, hanger on for like six shows right now. You better watch yeah. out. So the the one comic uh, that I'm I'm working through because uh, you know. I hate myself, so I I go I go huge. I I picked up the Milestone Omnibus uh, Volume One. My word! Um, so Milestone uh, was uh, I think it was I don't know if it was officially a DC imprint or not, but it was um, minority creators creating uh, minority characters. Um, hardware came out of that universe. Uh, Static X. Uh, came out of that yeah, universe it's like, is Dwayne McDuffie, right? Yeah, Dwayne stuff. So yeah, they put they published uh, this bit, just a beast of an omnibus, uh, where they're trying to uh, go through chunks of the story as they sort of build together. Um, so yeah, Static's yeah. one that if if I walked in like next week, went to go pick up Amazing Spider-Man number one, and there was like a new Static, I might would like. Uh. Double, you know, take a take a look at it. Just because there's not, I know I when New Fifty Two happened, there was like a static book that didn't last long. But that's not one they put out regularly. I would, I would definitely, it would make me think. So that was a great uh, Batman Beyond run when New Fifty Two first came out. Yeah, I had mm. it pegged. I thought, I thought Damian Wayne was going to be the new uh, Hush. Yeah, the new Hush, that's what it was. You remember those old paper cake days. You picked, you picked it up right away. Yeah, that yeah. new 52 was, that was, I felt like a, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Everything felt new and exciting uh, for Everybody had square belt buckles. Yeah. yeah. No underwear. They took all the underwear out, you know. Hawkman. Double Chidoria. Uh. I, you could say what you say about the new, say what you want about the new Fifty Two, but I read more DC comics from the oh, new Fifty Two yeah. on. Absolutely, I, I grew up with comics. My dad collected comics in the late eighties, early nineties. I grew up with with him. We never did any DC stuff. I think I got like the death of Superman and like Batman's back being broken by Bane in the nineties, mm-hmm. but that was like yeah. it, man. And so I, 
the new 52 kind of got me into DC. And then I, I went back and read like hush and some of the older stuff that really got me into D, you know, into DC, but Jim Lee's art got me into DC. I know I collected hush monthly. Yeah. And, I, uh, he, then he worked on Superman right after I did that. I collected those issues. I mean, is there a better comic artist than, than Jim Lee besides Charles Forsman? Who, who can say? <laughs> Silvestri was my favorite of those like guys, yeah. just because era. he was he was the uh, Wolverine artist for like a long oh, time. Oh God, remember that that Claremont Wolverine four issue mini? Mm-hmm. God, are you Frank kidding, Miller, are you kidding me? Right now? Are we doing the Claremont four issue Wolverine for? Lost <laughs> I mean, Light? if you don't have me on, I'll, I'll consider it a personal insult. <laughs> Every Claremont's coming back with a gambit number one. I just saw the back matter of uh, what? Amazing yeah. Spider-Man number one. Yeah, I want to know what that's going to be like because they're 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 keeping that X X stuff pretty like tightened up with this new Hickman mm-hmm. uh, Krakoa Nation stuff. So I wonder what what if that's going to be like in continuity or if that's just going to be like a Chris Claremont Gambit Man, tale. I fell off on all of that stuff like after Krakoa happened and. Uh, they could regrow the mutants and all that stuff. I like it was like this is not for me. This is too Hickman, too cerebral for me to really get into. You know, well, Hickman, Hickman's like my favorite comic book writer of like the modern era. But even I Manhattan Project is a crazy good book. I, I can't read it as it goes on. Hickman's something you got to read when it's like the story's done and you just take it all in because you just go in month to month. Like he's so scattershot with because he, he always has a million characters that he's dealing with. He was dealing with the entire, every mutant on the planet. You know, uh, when he was doing the Avengers, it was like every hero was, and some of the villains were Avengers. So, you know, yeah, he's like the, uh, Brandon Sanderson of comic book writing. He can just write 29 novels a year. (laughs) Like, I don't know how he does it. Does he sleep? I doubt it. It. I mean, I know, like, James Patterson has, like, a bunch of, like, his name's on it, on books, but just in, like, name only. It's, like, mm, it's, it's Brandon Sanderson. Well, like, it says, like, James Patterson, and then he has an, always has a co-writer. And basically, oh, like, yeah. the co-writer Ghost is writer. the one, you know, yeah. Hey, basically, he's having coffee in the morning, and he's, like, uh, two identical twins kill each other in different towns and switch lives. Go. Yeah. And then somebody else <laughs> writes it. Or it's just, like, like Jonesy comes to James Patterson, and it's like, I got this story. All right, well, we'll print it, but my name's going on the cover, you know? Mm-hmm. So And I fall for it like a hook, you know? I just fall <laughs> for it. But damn you, James Patterson. Yeah. Are we doing the entire James Patterson? <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing the, the Alex Cross series right now? Oh, man. Who played Alex Cross in the movies I thought was a total mismatch? <laughs> Um, Tyler Perry. That's it, Tyler Perry. <laughs> I mean, they were never going to get made without a big name kind of taking it to uh, the movies. But no, wait, didn't Morgan Freeman yeah. play him in what it was a long came with Spider? That was a good movie. And Kiss the Girls, I think. Yeah. Or was that just mo- was that two movies that came out? I don't know if he was the same character. I know he's in Long Came with Spider, but. He, that was a great movie. Guy of Gisborne was the bad guy in that from uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. There we go. We He's got, got a real name, the but uh, the guy who gets born trifecta. <laughs> Are we doing all Robin Hood movies? <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> if we let Jonesy keep going, we're going to be doing everything under the sun. Yeah, Brad, I will Brad totally Sanderson detach novels. you from Transformers, like somebody pulling over the open the Matrix in the heart of Unicron. There we go. Are we, we doing the Matrix? Are we doing the Matrices? <laughs> 
that's already been done. We we can't contractually. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's that the hard stuff. part. Is we have to make sure. We're are there not are there hitting. blackout names on the the tape deck share doc where like these these are un, untouchable? Uh, Jim, get access to the tape deck share doc, and then <laughs> let's answer this question. That's only when you make your thirty third degree of the tape deck secret society. Are you allowed to look at the the share doc? <laughs> no, we just we just uh, if if like they they did Fast and Furious, and then we we took you know we we kept going with it. But if they've done like some of if they're working their way, or they've done a couple of the franchise, right. we we kind of don't really right. So seventy millimeter, That's you fair. know. Took took Batman and did all the Batmans. Uh, Bat and Spider did so all. Basically, the you're saying the they're apes. bullying you with their status. Yeah, is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, if yeah. They, I mean, it checks out. If we come in I mean, and we're like, hey, we we're thinking about maybe you know doing doing the Jurassic Park movies, they would say, let's show me show me your uh, your anchor numbers, <laughs> show me <Yeah>. your listenership, <laughs> and uh, we'll get back to you uh, and decide if if it's okay for you to do those movies. We will take this to the council. Yeah. We're still kind of like on a show and prove deal. They've given us the <laughs> license to run with the, you know, Transformers and Fast and Furious. You guys are working for exposure right now. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, <laughs> still an internship, but I mean, we're going to get there one day. We're going to get our big break. But Jonesy, it's a pleasure having you, man. Just uh, right, listen. I love being here. I will always answer the call. When my friends and family want me to do a guest spot and coming out of semi-retirement, so you you only name the time and place, and I'll show up to play. Well, that's good to know. We hope you come out of retirement and um, come back to your throne. Uh, we, we've missed you <laughs> on all the podcasts. Yeah, on all yeah. the podcasts. Yeah, we hope you come out of retirement and then join every podcast you've uh, loaned <laughs> that yourself I, out that to. I've threatened to join over the last <laughs> yeah, I hope six months. All the months. bills come due. And uh, I'd love to just see see your state after that. So. God, I'm already manic now. Can you can you imagine if I had to record more than one time a week? <laughs> Anyways, we got anything else, Jim? Nope, I don't think we got anything else. Let's see, I'm, I might have I might have a quick something to say if you guys don't mind. Uh, I can't find the actual Bitly link, but maybe Jim will be so kind as to add it to the show notes. But uh, I do want to. Uh, mentioned that we lost uh, Patrick Titus, um, who to me was a, a giant in the retail comics industry at a, a beautiful shop uh, in Wilmington, Delaware, called the Comic Book Shop. His lovely wife Sarah um, is is now faced with running it herself, and they have put up a GoFundMe page. Uh, and you know, I, I'm going to echo the words of Slim from when we came back for a paper keg show. You know, if you're a fan of the old show, um, if you're a 70 millimeter listener, if you too are trying to figure out who sits on the tape deck Illuminati and you have $5, $1, $6, whatever it is just to throw in, you know, she could use your help. And I can't think of a better cause right now for somebody to, to donate to, uh, you know, we love Sarah. We, we wish her the best now moving forward. And if you have... A couple of dimes scraped together, consider donating to their GoFundMe. Yeah, and we'll definitely get that uh, in the show notes. What is it? Nobody nobody reads the show notes, but when when there's a Jonesy <laughs> plea for you to click a link, people are gonna people are gonna yeah. get into those show notes. I don't 
typically do that. I, and people who know me, like I don't social media comment on anything. If somebody's going on somebody's life, I'll DM them yeah. or I'll mm-hmm. call them. Like I don't, I don't ever group message anybody about anything going on. So, but I feel just really compelled for the the love and compassion I felt for for Titus and his wife. And you know, if there's any time for me to speak up, it's now. So I hope people consider donating. No, I mean, um, we we're very sorry for you know Titus's loss. Um, we have no problem you know putting that up there. And uh, you know, this whole sh- these movies are about family. Uh, we're family that that's your family. We're, we're all family. So if anybody can help out, you know, and if you can't, we understand, but you know, mm-hmm. we're all family here. Everyone's family. So, and if you could stroke out the amount of times that Caleb said family, you know, you know, yeah, go I wanted for to it. emphasize it. So, <laughs> so I just said it over and over again. That's it. That's it. Not to, not to leave us on a macabre note, but you know, uh, whenever I think of that guy, I can only think joyful thoughts. So, yeah. and this has been a joyful experience taking over your show for the last hour which i'm sure you hated but you know we, we enjoyed every bit of it we enjoyed oh, yeah. hearing paper keg again um we are definitely you know a descendant of paper keg are we so, back? Um, are we back god the world the world needs you guys um, now more than ever yeah the world needs 70 millimeter those guys are killing it and yeah they're doing it, their thing for sure and they know and slim and Dale know that it kills me inside from to see how well they're doing the old Irish anger. <laughs> but 70 millimeter bands, you guys, you guys got a good thing cooking. Oh, yeah. 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 That, that, that we, I mean, we're learning just like we learned from you how to, how to actually do a synopsis. We, we learned from them. Uh, those <laughs> guys give me are an air tremendous. pump to get my ego going over every here. Every day is a, a new adventure, a new learning experience. Yeah, they're, uh, they're they're a good group of guys. So, but Jonesy, we love you. Love you. You're welcome. Anytime. Um, we're going to be doing Fast Nine next. If you want to watch that, and then you don't have to come on. You can just like voicemail the synopsis in. Please uh, um, plug your socials. How <laughs> the synopsis? You know. <laughs> Son of a bitch. If you want to come on, you know you're welcome. But we definitely need that synopsis in. Yeah, just record. Hey, if you want to email it. Uh, we'll read it. Yeah. It would be preferred oh, if you record it. Um, but couldn't no. leave well enough. Al- yeah, of course. If you would like a synopsis of Fast Nine <laughs> no, or any no, movie you guys do. decide to do, I guess, uh, you know, just tap me ahead of time and I will give you a 30 to 60 second free voice file of uh, me going to town. And he doesn't have to watch the movie. Like, if he watched the movie two years ago, he yeah. still just gives us what... It, and then just, we can di- dissect what he said and be like, ah, that was wrong. Read, Jonesy, read a couple letterboxed reviews, watch a trailer, and that, yeah, that's synopsis Each right one, it, it, We'll call it From What I Gather. From What I Gather, this movie seems <laughs> to be... It's a, this is a movie synopsis from some ca- <laughs> Sakai you know. Some Sakai you know. <laughs> yeah. God, I Some, tell you, I'm never going to do that show, but wouldn't it be great if I did? Just for I mean, the name alone. I mean, just, that, that name is gold. Just me if you in know a who basement, Stan is. Just me in a basement reading Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. No well, one wants it except for me. Well, well, we'll we'll talk to Lost Light Upper Management and see if we got a segment for <laughs> see, you. If, 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 if you can't tape, make it happen on your own. See yeah. the tape deck Illuminati what a very specific <laughs> show about a very specific person reading books in his basement. Well, we'll see if they have an internship for the interns 
and see if that's how we get you in. I mean, we got to get you in some way. But I'm just working for college credits at this point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jonesy, Caleb, uh, it has been a pleasure. Um, sure but has. In the in the words of Slim, we're running out of tape, hmm. so let's close this down. All right, it's done. Till all are one. Till all are one. Till all are one. Lost Light is a tape deck podcast. Music by Kin Cobra.